0: Narina, the fifth South Africa uh, tomorrow investor conference taking place in New York this week. Any good news stories? Can uh, high-powered South African contingent share, uh, you know, some of those good news stories uh, with uh, the delegates? Are there any to share, and who are those delegates?
1: Yeah, it is, it is tough to find the good news stories at this stage. But this um, South Africa Tomorrow Investor Conference is now in its fifth year, and it's become an important feature on the global investor roadshow for uh, South Africa to really go and not just sell itself, but maybe provide opportunity for international investors to engage with a very high power delegation of South Africa representation. So we have the Minister of Finance as well as the Governor of the Reserve Bank. We have have representatives from Eskom and Transnet there, and then also um, several corporates and and some major corporates also. Um, The JSE with Nikki Newton-King, the CEO, leads the delegation in terms of the the, the corporate representation and engaging with investors. Interesting to see that uh, many of the investors that they are talking to are existing, very um, strong investors in South Africa. So this is not so much about trying to get new investment money into South Africa. And one could also argue not necessarily just trying to convince those existing investors to stay in South Africa, but rather to provide the opportunity to meet face-to-face with um, some of the important decision-makers and then really provide an opportunity for open and honest conversation. I think the purpose really here is to show unity, to show consistency in terms of government and private sector working together, but also really through a series of, of panel discussions, but also one-on-one meetings to provide opportunity to ask those those tough and hard questions. So, for example, the head of AB InBev, so it's not just a South African company, global company that is um, obviously after the takeover of SAB Miner, um with a very strong presence in South Africa, the head of Imperial. So important logistics company across Africa also, the head of Renro, these are some of the companies that are represented and, there and are really there to talk to international investors about what is it like doing business in South Africa, what are they doing on the ground and, and then obviously against the backdrop of what the Minister of Finance and the Governor of the Reserve Bank can also bring to the party.
0: Narina, the manufacturing output stats for September uh, were also released yesterday and it was disappointing uh, because it declined from a higher level recorded in August. But there does seem to be a bright spot growing in the cotton industry. What's that all about? Yeah, you know, I must say, this one is
1: really a good news story. We know that the manufacturing industry in South Africa has been decimated to, to a large extent, in particular the textile industry. We know that those cheap imports from the East has really um, sort of had such a negative impact in terms of our textile industry. But um, through a concerted effort of many stakeholders led by the Department of Trade and Industry, they've been able to implement what is called the, the Clothing and Textiles Competitiveness Programme the CTCP and this they did in response to the crisis that, that cost the industry so many jobs over 100,000 jobs over the period 2002 to 2010 and in 2013 they started with this plan really bringing together as I say multi-stakeholders in terms of this um, and the nice thing is it goes all the way from the agricultural input in the cotton industry all the way through you know, small, small scale farmers commercial farmers, agro-processes textile and clothing manufacturers and then all the way through to retailers and consumers. And where we are now, we find that um, although we are nowhere near the the levels of cotton production that we had in the 1980s when it was about 80,000 tonnes of of cotton fibre that was produced, last year we already, oh sorry, this year we had 17,000 tonnes being produced and they're projecting projecting 40,000 tonnes for next year, so more than double. More importantly for me is the aspect of the local beneficiation, something which we've always spoke about in the commodity sector that we should be able to do so much more in terms of processing our own commodities right here in South Africa and in the cotton industry through this integrated multi-stakeholder program. Local beneficiation has now grown from just Seven percent in 2013 to 42 percent currently they've got commitment from from retailers firm orders from retailers such as mr price and woolworths uckermanns edcon and all of them really coming to the party and saying we are actually buying local we are supporting the local industry from the agricultural agro processing all the way through to the to the textile manufacturing industry as well really a good news story in this space
0: And just a final one, Narina, the demand for so-called green investments or environmentally friendly investments has resulted in a change at the Development Bank of South Africa. Tell us more about that, please. Well, you know what, you know, this is the sort of thing that I think when there's so
1: much bad news around these good things that happen sometimes um, get missed or people don't even talk about it. Um, And it was recently announced that the Development Bank of South Africa um, is going to be converted and remodeled into a green investment bank. And this is definitely a sign that the number of, um, that there's definitely an increasing demand for green and environmentally friendly investments. Um, Another feather in our cap is the fact that this will be the first such dedicated environmental financing operation in a developing country. We know that many of the developed markets, Australia, Japan, Malaysia, and even Switzerland, have got these sort of green financing institutions, but this will be the, full, the first fully-fledged, dedicated one in a developing market. Um, also good to see that what they are looking at is not just financing of major green or environmentally friendly initiatives, but certainly also looking at small-scale small, um, uh, small scale, um, support and and financing that they can do so for example looking at things like small-scale energy provision in in low-income areas um, so there's, there's quite a bit that is being done in terms of using environmentally friendly and green um, initiatives, things that are sometimes thought of as being, uh, you know, you've got to, to accept a lower return on your investment because it is green. And I think that the evidence um, due to, to evidence of climate change is now actually shown that you can actually do this Given a good return on those investments, and the environmentally very good, also an impactful um, in the process. So a lovely, good green story for us to end the day on, um, which also I think serves to remind us that uh, in support of the Rugby World Cup bid for 2023, um, which really we hope will be uniting the nation again as as so many of the previous World Cups have done. Today is the day to wear green. So let's, let's smile and be green and forget about any red in the market it. Okay.